You're listening to What the Business, the business podcast where I interview independent business owners about success, failure, and all the moments in between. My name is Josie Berg, and I'm your host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of What the Business. Today, I have Katie from Katie's Craving. She is a caterer in the Toronto and GTA area. Um, Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for being on today. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell the people a bit about you? Hi, Josie. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, My name is Katie. Um, I'm the chef and founder of Katie's Cravings. Uh, So we're a custom catering and personalized events company. So prior to COVID, uh, we were coming into your house. We were throwing your birthday parties, baby showers, those types of things. Um, Since COVID, we've kind of converted to events in a box, uh, catering boxes and virtual events. Yeah, nice. Um, So talk about your work experience leading up to starting your own catering company. So um, my experience begins, I guess, At George Brown, I took the culinary management program. Um, I did an accelerated course. So it was like a year and a half instead of like two years. Um, Graduated with honors, like won a couple of awards and then kind of went into the industry. Uh, I've worked at uh, Figo, which is an Italian restaurant downtown. I've worked at Holtz Cafe um, and Ricarda's, uh, which was my last job. And at Ricarda's, I was kind of, I was hired originally as a server. And and then I started to get into their events. And I kind of became this person that worked in between the kitchen and the servers for events. So I was expediting food. I was setting up um, the chef stations, making sure the chef was like happy with how everything was. And I was like, I mean, I've always had this desire to kind of have like a party planning business or something in that way. And like, it was then that I realized like, okay, this is exactly what I want to be doing. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm very good at this. This company knows I'm very good at this, which is why they kind of like created this imaginary position for me that is just making sure everything runs smoothly for these events and making sure the chefs and the people are happy with the food. And so like, uh, eventually I decided to call it quits because I, I had already started to build my business and, um, I launched my business, had a, my own theme party and then the pandemic hit. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) um, basically like I, I had a chance to do a birthday party, a couple themed parties as well, but oh, and and a wellness event right before the pandemic. But I like, I realized, yeah, this is what I want. This is awesome. And my, my uh, event startup was a 20s theme party and it was like a speakeasy. It was only for a certain number of guests and it was a great outcome. Everybody loved the food. So I really felt like validated in my business, I guess, at that time. So it, it's been really tough to make a switch and to kind mm-hmm. of maneuver. But um, my experience also prior to George Brown was front of house serving mm-hmm. experience, barista, even like retail sales, all of these things have kind of contributed to my success as an entrepreneur, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Customer service is so much more resourceful and helpful um, than you think, especially because when you or for a lot of people, I think you do those jobs when you're a little bit younger, you kind of figuring it out, you know, trying to, you know, maybe you're in between things, maybe you're not younger, but it 
it's kind of can feel like they're in between roles, but they are really, really helpful. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Um, originally, like when, when I was younger, I mean, I'm 32 now. So I graduated from high school 2006, I want to say it was a long time ago. So I, I originally went to York University. I wanted to study kinesiology. Mm-hmm. I didn't even make it through my first year, kind of lost interest. And I, I found my way into the working world, like you said, and I started to learn real things and real like um, skills that were valuable for me. And sometimes now, like you said, I think back and, okay, maybe that merchandising that I learned working at HMV or mm-hmm. maybe the retail job or whatever the case may be, all of these things have really helped me now when I'm playing every single role in my business and wearing all these hats, it's nice to know, Oh, I know how to do this part. And I know how to do this part too. It's not just only about the cooking because I know I could do that part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Too. And just the customer service having to, you know, be happy and put a good smile on and uh, kind of service people in the way they want to be served. um, Whether you're literally serving them or servicing them in another way is also really it can be a lot of fun it can be a great experience but yeah super skill building for all aspects yeah and I think that's what Katie's Cravings is too I I was talking to a friend yesterday and we were talking about how like you know branding I'm, I'm still just one person kind of running my business so like talking about my brand and building values into my brand and stuff like that but it's really based around me and around my personality it's not just a catering company you mm-hmm. know it's a you get me that's what you get you know so it's yeah it's like the relationship that I have with people and I I heard you talk about social media on your other podcasts and that's something like I really know I need to get into and I bring mm-hmm. bring my personality more because that's what my brand is about you know mm-hmm. it's about me as yeah. you know my personality so yeah I love that I think um that especially it seems like in the event and catering world there are a lot of industry professionals and vendors that have just been at it for years and years and if you are hiring the company there's no personal touch and I think um, we're going to see that kind of shift over the next few years because personal branding has become this big thing this hot word this buzzword but for a good reason because people want that engagement yeah personality yeah yeah so I love that um so talk a little bit more then about how you've pivoted with all the COVID. Well, I feel like almost pivot is the wrong word because you were just getting going. So what have you adjusted and changed? Yeah. I mean, at the beginning it was just like, almost like, okay, now what? Like, this is not going to happen. Like, but then the restaurants didn't open either. So it wasn't like, oh, I have to choose between should I have my business or should I go back to work? At that point, there was no jobs and I was Mm -hmm. at home and there was no events. So, I mean, that's when I took the time to really, I guess, start to do my bookkeeping, do all these things, start menu development. And like, I I really wasn't sure what direction that I was going in at that time. I had the kind of idea that I wanted to offer an event in a box, but I just, I didn't really know how. I still am kind of figuring it out. You know, I've Mm -hmm. done some catering boxes, but I still... I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to pivot completely at this point, but Mm -hmm. the catering boxes, the food is working out, you know, people still want to eat, but people don't necessarily want events at this time. People are staying home. Right. So that's the tough part basically. Yeah. So 
what happened is I started doing these photo shoots uh, with uh, some vendors on the on Women Who Freelance and some of these other Facebook groups. And from there, I started to pivot kind of into the micro wedding industry mm-hmm. as well. So which is something that I never really considered. I, I have considered it because it's part of events, but micro weddings weren't as big before. And now they're really the only type of wedding that it is. Um, So I did get some, I got some inquiries and I almost got some deposits for some weddings, but unfortunately because of like the rolling lockdowns, Mm -hmm. I just, it's just been kind of going back and forth with these clients who are constantly postponing their weddings. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if that was the right pivot for me, you know, so but at the same time, there are a lot of other ways that I've pivoted. I've did a, a virtual like charcuterie building event. Oh, fun. Yeah. So I think if I can focus on the virtual events, mm-hmm. I think that's where my success will be. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, and it is kind of true. You do have to trial and error certain things before you really figure out what that niche is for you and your skill set and your audience and all that. Exactly. Exactly. Like people like the idea of having an event in a box is really nice right now. Um, But like people aren't really celebrating and they're just kind of doing what they can at home or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't really want to have a big party with two people. Um, Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the food, I do think I need to focus on that. And like, like I said, relating to the social media, if I can come out of my shell and, uh, let myself out there a little bit more. I think I can, if I offer these virtual events, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is my event that you can buy tickets to, or you can come to instead of like kind of waiting for clients to need that from me, Mm -hmm. you know, or looking for clients who are already want that, like offer it, like do it. Like this is you, you know, I'm a little bit like uh, self-conscious because like at this uh, I wouldn't be in a kitchen during the virtual, you know, I'd be at home and stuff like that. But I mean, I just, I need to do it. I just yeah. need to do it because <laughs> the one event last year, I did the charcuterie building event. It was for actually uh, the executive assistants for Canadian Tire. Mm. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it was real clients. It was like real sales. I made profit. Everybody was happy. And I got nervous, I guess, a little bit after that. And I was just like, no, I need to just get my face on the screen, unfortunately, and do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Well, you just got to take that leap, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, So going back to before the pandemic, when you did start um, your catering business and you kind of were in the stage before you got your first few jobs, what did you do to get your first few jobs? What did that process look like? So actually, like, my Katie's Cravings began as an Instagram page way way back before culinary (laughs) school like making cake pops and stuff like that yeah yeah. and kind of followed me through my journey of culinary school like that followed me through my different jobs so I'd be like posting stories where I was working and stuff like that and then as I built my business it kind of transitioned to a business page and I still had all these followers who were interested in my food and interested in my journey and stuff like that so I started to have friends and people who were following me on Instagram become interested. So same thing, talking about it at work. Like I was just so excited about this thing. Just talking about it made people, I guess, like that's where I got those 
uh, events. Like one of my friends was like, I want that. Like, I want you to have my, my birthday party for my boyfriend, like at my house or we got an Airbnb and it, it was awesome. So yeah. um, now because of these um, uh, collab photo shoots and because of a couple giveaways with another a couple other vendors, like my Instagram has definitely grown like this year while I've been mm-hmm. in like not doing as much events, but doing these like collabs and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to be like, that's the problem I had is I had a, such a personalized Instagram. I converted it to become a business and I lost my personality and I lost, and I became afraid to be like, Hey guys, what's up? It's me today. You know, because yeah. it wasn't just my friends and my family anymore. These are real people who want to buy from me, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, but I want to say that's really where I, I grew up and most of my sales have come from social media. Mm-hmm. I have, I have a site, uh, on my website. I, I have a shop on my website, mm-hmm. but like, unfortunately, like with the food, it, it right now it's mostly networking and, um, through social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the groups through Facebook, some of them are very, very helpful. Like that women who freelance group. Yeah. That's where we found each other. And yeah. that's where I found some of other people who have bought for me. Sometimes people will just be like, hi, I'm looking for something to send to somebody as a gift. Does anybody do this? And I'm just like, I'm on that. <laughs> I'll make that. Yeah, whatever yeah, you want. For sure. yes. so, That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk then a little bit about the collaborations you do, because I know um, a lot of people get overwhelmed by the idea of doing collabs or giveaways with other business owners. I noticed you've done I think there was like um, a date night giveaway that you had done um, or something like that recently. So just talk about that process. Um, and yeah, yeah, what's that's been like? So I originally did my first like kind of collab with just one other girl who does, uh, she does custom party decor. And I connected with her through like a, a business startup program kind of thing and like she was like my partner in crime I'm like this is the perfect perfect person like event party decor that's custom made is the perfect person for me to connect with so she said that she wanted to do a photo shoot uh like just a autumn photo shoot with cake charcuterie and she would bring all the decorations I have a picnic table in the backyard so we did it and it was it was awesome like it, it wasn't amazing like she's not a professional photographer it was just us two mm-hmm but I ended up making sales because there was people who were walking oh, wow. by it and they were like, oh, what is that? Can I have charcuterie? Oh, wow. Yeah. So like I ended up making sales and one of the ladies who bought from me actually has consistently bought from me throughout the pandemic, nice. like three or four times. So it's, it's actually great just from that collab, which wasn't even a real one. It felt like <laughs> um, it it brought me sales. So then I started to notice that because I guess everybody was not doing events, that there was a lot more of these collabs and these uh, shoot for print or the uh, whatever they're calling them. So where each vendor collabs and gets the photos. And at first I was like, okay, I'll do one. And like, I can get some photos for my Instagram because that's really what one of the biggest advantages of it is that you have all these professional photos, usually like 50 plus photos from this photo shoot. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately for me, they don't always all include the food in all those 50 photos, you know, mm-hmm. taking yeah. photos of the dress or the jewelry yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, basically I ended up doing four photo shoots 
over, uh, I want to say a span of like, it was a few months, like three or four months. So I did four photo shoots. I budgeted myself that I was going to spend $50 or less on each photo shoot because Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't at the point where I was bringing in a lot of money and I Mm -hmm. wanted, you know, I didn't want to lose too much money. So, um, I, I'm so happy I did these. Like when I'm looking back, I'm so, so happy. If you scroll through my Instagram and you see, you can kind of tell my, you can see the Instagram before the photo shoots. And then you can see how my, like my brand becomes more relevant. Like me, it's, it's more beautiful. Like it's more elegant, like feminine. I love it. Like just the way that my Instagram looks right now, like it makes me sad that I have to post now like a picture of pasta or something next, you know, because yeah. but I mean, like, uh, I just, I found that now people see me in a different way, in a more professional way. Like they, they come to me, they're looking for wedding things when before nobody was looking for those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally my experience with these collabs has been very good uh, because it's COVID. I'm mostly just dropping off. You know, yeah. like I'm mostly just dropping off the catering um, for there was one that it was plated. So I had to do some canapes. So it uh, that's it was nice because we were all social distance, but it was it was really nice to just connect with everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's where actually I connected with one of the uh, the photographers that was doing the photography that day. I asked her if she could take a couple of photos of me. And she gave me like a full impromptu photo shoot, like nice. 20 plus photos. She asked me to like pose leaning like nice. with the food, plating the food. Yeah. So now I have like professional headshots for free as well, or for like the 50 bucks I spent on food. Yeah. And she was the one who now invited me to be a part of this giveaway. Okay, nice. Yeah. So it's like a $15,000 giveaway. Uh and the photographer has 20,000 plus followers on oh, Instagram. Wow. Yeah. So just collaborating with her, I got like 300 new followers who are all my target market. Yeah. Every single person is somebody who could potentially buy from me. So mm-hmm. that the $50 value or the time spent on it definitely, in my opinion, is worth it. The connections with the the vendors that I made, mostly women, because I met through the women who freelance, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, very valuable, very, yeah. very valuable to me, at least at this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And it seems like it kind of came of a very organic way instead of it being forced. So it was like, you already knew you worked well with this person. And that seems like the way to do it for sure. So uh, that's good to hear. Yeah. Like I feel she's super passionate. She's like one of these photographers that like tell stories and like, (laughs) she's so passionate. And I feel like she's, she feels that way about my food too. And it's amazing. Mm. You know, I hope you'll have this on your menu or this, or she's like, Oh, I'm still dreaming about it when I ate it. I'm like, (laughs) that's amazing. Like, it's so lovely to connect with people like that. And I mean, I'm sure not everybody in the industry is that way, but what I've seen, like, especially during the pandemic, like everybody's supporting each other and like, Mm -hmm coming together while still being apart is it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It seems like that has really, um, been a side effect of all the hardships for sure. I've noticed that as well. Um, which is really nice. Yeah. It's silver lining. Yeah. 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 For sure. That's awesome. That's really good. Um, so talk about in going back to kind of 
pre-COVID. What does a day-to-day look like for you as a caterer? I mean, yeah, I guess it depends uh, how my week is. There's been, for example, even during COVID where I had three catering orders in one week. Mm -hmm. So most of my time is spent at the kitchen, like uh, I rent the kitchen by the hour. Uh, Mm -hmm. So most of my time is spent there during those times. But when I'm not cooking, I'm working from home. I'm on my computer. I'm doing my books. I'm working. I built my website. Um, I do have a friend who's kind of been helping me, but he kind of went into hibernation for, for COVID and Mm -hmm. like, it's mostly been me, you know? So uh, he did help me build my website a little bit. And I, but I like, I do it all now and there's a lot of updating and stuff like that. So um, I, sometimes I feel like there's a lot that needs to be done that isn't getting done, but I give myself credit for the small things that I can do every single day in terms Mm -hmm. of behind the scenes, because like I said, I want to start virtual events. So in order for me to do that, I need to, first of all, create a menu for a virtual event, figure out how I will be delivering the actual goods to the people, Mm -hmm. each individual people, because if 50 people sign up, they each have to get their food delivered to their, you know, how will that, how will I do that? Um, Mm -hmm. Things like uh, how, how does the actual virtual thing work? Hosting the Zoom for that many people, like, is there a cost? Like, I'm not that, you know, so I think it's just, there's, I have this big list of things that I know I need to do. And these are all mostly behind the scenes things, right? Not cooking. It's not all about cooking, you know, it's about preparing the menus and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. but when I'm on my computer, those are the things that I'm doing. Um, Same, like I said, Facebook, because if you're in these groups and somebody says, hi, I'm looking for uh, a gift to send, or I'm looking for a dozen cupcakes, cupcake bouquet to send, does anybody do this? If you're not like the first to respond, you don't get that sale. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm just like on my phone while I'm doing this. Um, I'm also, I I cost my recipes as well. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll make something and then I'll write down the recipe and then I'll have to come in and actually write in the recipe and how much grams it is, how much it yields. And then I'll actually do the costing. So then I know how much it costs so that I can actually offer it. So somebody says, Oh, I want this. I can say, Oh, I'm not sure how much it costs. Give me a couple of days. You know, yeah. instead I can be like, no, I, I know how much this is. And I can start offering things in my shop and in other avenues, like specifically, right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. like, even though my whole idea is that everything is custom, I need something to offer that's people can just buy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that's true. I know. Um, I So I used to work at a restaurant in Ottawa. I lived there for a few years and just moved to Hamilton this February. Okay. And um, <clears throat> they would do or one of the older employees at, at the time when he did this, I don't think he still worked there. It was during the pandemic, though, he did a like uh, cocktail at, like teaching course. Okay. So you you pay for the course, but then that price includes kind of all the ingredients you need to make said cocktails portioned out properly 
Um, and so they would have like people come pick up the boxes of all this stuff. But right. I know they ran into like tons of issues of like people not picking it up in time. Can you go deliver it in time? Like you want them to be able to attend and show up and they've paid for it. But then, yeah, like it's virtual events are yeah. it's a whole new world, really. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I even, I did have one client reach out to me about, uh, like just for charcuterie boxes and they wanted to add it on as a ticket like option for their like virtual concert that they Mm. were hosting. So the problem was that they weren't sure how many that they were going to need. Yeah. But unfortunately, like I need to know how many there are like before the day before, like it doesn't really work that order. Yeah. Yeah. So I originally the the client was looking, Oh, I'm looking for 30 boxes. That was like the, what they were looking for. And then they were like, okay, maybe I'll just take six for now and then I was like okay and she's like if I need more tomorrow what's the latest I have to let you know and I was like like yesterday <laughs> like not tomorrow oh, no. <laughs> you know like I just it's just me I don't have a brick and mortar restaurant right now mm-hmm. I don't have my own commercial kitchen which I mean is the ultimate goal yes yeah. where I can keep like uh bigger amounts of ingredients, right? Mm-hmm. I can buy in bulk instead of mm-hmm. mostly just buying for each kind of recipe right now. So mm-hmm. um, I, there, it's tough because I want to be able to offer things to people, but I think people aren't sure either what they want to. And, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Um, what kind of tools? So again, this is kind of a you know, in regular times, I'm sure you're still using some of these tools that you use in your business day to day. And I mean, like, it could be an app, it could be a tech thing that you do online that helps, you know, manage, like management software that helps manage clients, or it could just be like a mental, like something that you do day to day to help you um, run your business. Because I feel like in a catering business, there are so many different elements. You're working up towards the event. You have lots of prep. Then you have like the day of lots of work. And then, you know, there's still kind of probably postscripts making sure payment comes through. I mean, it's just like any service business. There's so many different pieces from point A to Z or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, what tools and resources do you use in your business? So um, I, I'm a list person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I find it helps me stay organized, helps me make sense of things. Um, so the the startup program that I talked about before, it was called Business in the Streets. And it's like a Toronto program. And I've done like two programs that they do and I still network with them. Um, and we network uh, every single week on Wednesdays. And we, okay. we meet three times a day and we have our to-do list and we have to be accountable for it. <laughs> nice. But um, basically on a day-to-day, so what I've done is like, I've created my mission plan and I've broken that down into my yearly goals and then my yearly goals into like, my uh, quarterly goals. So basically every single day I make a list of two or three things that I have to do that, Mm -hmm. and they have to lead back to that mission in some way, Okay, you know, through the quarterly goals, then to annually, and then to my ultimate mission, like is, are these three things that I'm going to do today actually going to help me achieve this mission? And if I, if I check those three, two or three things off, I allow myself to not do anything else that day if I don't have to. Some mm-hmm. days I have to. Some days there's clients. Some days I have meetings or some days I have to do invoicing or deal with. And like 
that's fine. Those are other things. But if I yes. check those three things off, then if I don't do anything else for the rest of the evening, I don't feel guilty, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I've found that things are getting done. Everything is like, I'm seeing progress, you know, like when I started the year, I didn't have QuickBooks and I just kind of was like, meh. And I have all these receipts and I had like my startup costs. And now like throughout the past few months, I was like, oh, like just dreading putting it in. Cause I had to do it all from scratch. And I just did a little bit at a time, told myself, you know, mm -hmm. just do this much today, do this much today. And now it's done mm -hmm. and I can see my numbers and I'm like, Ooh, I made this much money and I spent this much. And I, I love that. I, I can see that I did that, you know, the, those mm -hmm. small steps every day have helped me. So yeah. Lists, small lists, not huge that. ones, small yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. That's super, super incredible. I do weekly lists, but the daily thing. Yeah. That's also really important. And I have like big check boxes so that the check marks are like huge and it feels really good. To yeah. Check them off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that actually leads me to one of the questions I typically ask in the bonus question round. It's about goal setting. Okay. Um, one of the really common answers I found in throughout season one that a lot of business owners gave advice wise was that they goal set. Um, and that, that was a huge part of their growth in business. So talk a little bit about your goals last year. Obviously you probably achieve different goals that you didn't initially plan for, but what did that process look like um, over the year of 2020? Um, surprisingly, I, I mean, I didn't reach my numbers as close as I thought because I didn't mm -hmm. have like $3,000 events and things <laughs> yeah. like that, that I thought that I was going to do. But um, otherwise my goals were to like, one of my goals was to expand my brand through social media build my social media network, like, and uh, I had a certain number that I wanted to hit each quarter for followers for Instagram, like for Facebook as well. And like, I was focusing mostly on Instagram, but I had all these, no these other numbers as well. So that, you know, if I was way past my Instagram goal, maybe I can just focus on Facebook those days, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I've done very good on Instagram this year because uh, of those collabs and stuff. So I'm way past what I planned for growing my Instagram. So mm -hmm. that's great. That feels good. Yeah. Good for um, you. Yeah. Unfortunately, like one of my other goals was like to work towards having my own commercial kitchen. Yeah. And I feel right now that's still a little bit far away because yeah. money's not consistently coming mm -hmm. in enough to pay rent you know, yeah, yeah. to pay for rent by the hour. Yes. But to have my own commercial kitchen with utilities and all of that, like I need to have money consistently coming in. Sure. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, I feel like, like you said, like having those goals makes me feel good. Even when mm -hmm. I don't reach them completely, mm -hmm. it makes me feel good. Like maybe my goal was to sell 10,000 and I'm sold 6,000. I don't see it like, oh no, I didn't sell 10,000. I go, oh wow, I sold $6,000. You got really close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or like, For oh sure. yeah, like wow, I, more than halfway at least, you know? So, like at the beginning, like celebrate those small wins too, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. yeah, it, it feels as long as you're working towards it consistently, it, it feels like you're, you, you are, you will accomplish things, you know, those goals. For sure. Is that, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Oh, I mean, even with my weekly to-do list, I know even if I don't check one off one day, but I'm like really close to checking it off, that is still great because I use that as a point to be like, no, you're really close. You did. You got so close to checking that off (laughs) tomorrow. No problem. You'll check it off, Um, which can just help keep your spirits high when times are not. so easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. So how has last year affected your goals this year? What is, um, this year's goal setting looking like for you? Um, I'm not really sure to be honest, well, at least financially, right? Like in terms of finances, I'm still not, well, I'm in, uh, I, I, you're in Kitchener, I guess. Right. Yeah. So I'm in Toronto. So we've been like fully locked down. Like I feel like the whole time. So I'm really not sure what to expect, but, my goals now have shifted more virtually, like I discussed before, like come out of my shell, bring more personality to my brand, um, offer these virtual events, like offer things. Don't just wait for my clients to come to me. Don't just say, hey, here's my brand and then wait for them. Be like, here's things that we offer you. Do you want it? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, so I think my goals will be more on now that I have sort of established my brand and built Uh, social media and built brand awareness a little bit. Now it's about making those sales, like pushing Mm -hmm. a little bit more in the sales side, you know, which is, it feels gross sometimes. And it feels gross at the beginning because Mm -hmm. all these, you think all these people just love you for you, but really they know you have a business. So now it's time to say, okay, you like my business. I need your support because I want my own kitchen. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, you know, selling, it does feel really odd, especially when you're not used to it. Once you kind of get into a groove, you find words and phrases that work really well for your personality and your ideal client and the type of people they are. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's, that's super great. I had another point to make that's totally <laughs> my mind, but, um, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think that yeah. this year is, it's tough to set certain goals, but uh, it just means kind of rearranging the goals that you are setting. Yeah, absolutely. But still yeah. like in a, the same direction, just different, yeah. just with a different perspective. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Or maybe the goals that wouldn't be long-term goals are now slightly longer term goals and stuff yeah. like that, but mm-hmm. and yeah, that's okay. And, <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, that absolutely is. And, uh, I do remember what I was going to say now is that people don't know, uh, like unless you tell people they don't know. So if you're offering and you're suggesting and you're pitching these ideas out to the world, they're going to come for it. But if you're just kind of sitting back and waiting for them, you know, people don't know, they don't know what they don't know. That's the phrase. It's actually a, a coach that was on. I don't know if it's hers or if she just says it all the time, but you, your customers, your people don't know what they don't know. So if you're not telling them about the things that you want to offer and the things that you want to do, they're never going to, you know. Yeah, exactly. Then they just assume that you do this one thing or that you only, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Um, so 
what is so you talked a little bit that social media is huge for marketing for you um do you and you said you use a bit of facebook do you use any other marketing tools um so i tried the tiktok i got on <laughs> tiktok like because you know there was this whole thing where nobody was like you know all the 30 year olds were like don't do tiktok and then all the 30 year olds went on tiktok so yeah. then i assumed like you know maybe my target market is on tiktok you know, maybe there are like, you know, these moms and stuff like on TikTok who I can access, but I'm like, I find when I go on TikTok, I just want to watch other people. Like, yeah. you know, I just yeah. get stuck watching TikTok. And I, again, like I said, I'm not super confident, like with my face in mm-hmm. the camera, you know, I have a couple of videos of me cooking and stuff like that, but feel like it took a lot of effort like a lot of effort mm-hmm. and a lot of time and maybe if I had somebody to help me a little bit with that um but I I kind of lost interest in the TikTok you know I still I haven't posted on there but um I do kind of have like most platforms I have a Pinterest as yeah. well yeah. um I'm not sure what else yeah I have but yeah most of them but I'm like I, it's hard. I mostly focus on Instagram mm-hmm. and I'd like to get better at TikTok. I, I know that's, there are clients on there and that's where I can kind of show my personality and you can use those videos for reels, mm-hmm. but I just, I think I need to learn it a little bit more too, because yeah. there's like technology involved in like yeah. all of the things. So Yeah. Yeah. It's time consuming if you're not comfortable with it. And I mean, I'm not comfortable with it yet, but it does get a little easier. It just depends. Though. Yeah. And that's what I figured too. I mean, like not everybody knew, I didn't, not everybody knew how to use Instagram when it first started mm-hmm. and now it's just like second nature, same mm-hmm. with Facebook or whatever the case may be. But like, sometimes I feel like, okay, this is going to take too much time when I could be, this time could be do, spent doing something else. Yeah. But but yeah, it's, it's one of those things like when I don't have a lot of other tasks, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's still on my list, you for know, sure. it's just down there at the bottom. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, for sure. Like, so I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get uh, a lot of clients set from Instagram and what are your, what do you use? What are your techniques on Instagram? Like, do you think they come for hashtags or do you find they come more for um, like location tags or kind of what's your bread and butter so um hashtags are like instagram first of all instagram is very frustrating because (laughs) when i originally started to grow my instagram it was very easy and it was a lot different than it is now and now sometimes it feels like okay i have over 1700 followers how come only 400 people saw this post yeah and then i'll you i'll find a post that has like so much uh, engagement and so much uh, reach from hashtags and Mm -hmm. I'll use those same hashtags and they Mm -hmm. won't work, you know? So I'm thinking like eventually it might be a good idea to have somebody just to help me, maybe even like not all the time, but help me for a few hours to help me understand what it is I need to be doing Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I find, like you said, it's, it's authentic. It's organic engagement. Like everybody that I meet or most of the people that add me is because I've interacted with them. I've liked them and, you know, they've Mm -hmm. seen my stuff. Um, I gave myself my goal. Like I said, I broke down my goal. So I was, my goal was at the beginning to post once per week on my feed because I wasn't posting at all Mm -hmm. one per week and once a day on my story. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so, and sometimes like, I don't feel motivated to post on the story and I'll just repost a post I have, you know, yeah. like I'll share, oh, my cupcakes, for example. So like this week is mother, mother's day is coming up soon. So I'll share all my cupcake bouquets or anything I, I think people would buy for mother's day on my stories mm-hmm. as well. So it's like, people are engaging in posts that I've already posted, which kind of like is the lazy way to do it. But like, sometimes I just don't also have the content as much content because I'm not doing as much events and I don't want to just put the same photos of yeah. the same things every day, you know? So yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is sometimes it feels like an uphill battle, but you do just kind of have to, you know, keep navigating. <laughs> yeah. And, and I have found like, I found success with these Facebook groups. There's a couple of Facebook groups specifically that are like GTA event vendors mm. or wedding vendors, Toronto, like these types of things that are people who are looking for specific things for their events and their weddings. So, yeah. um, but some of the groups have like a lot of people. So being yeah. seen in them is hard. So I think also one of my goals is like to post my own posts consistently in these groups as well, instead of, like you said, just responding to other people's posts and waiting for them to need me. Yeah. Be yeah. like, this is what we're offering. Come by it. But, you know, yeah, like in these sure. groups, you know, so. Yeah. But even that, you know, you got to take the time to do it right and hope that, you know, yeah. And maybe even like figure out best time of day and all that stuff. Yeah, and exactly. Then- yeah. It's like, why didn't anybody see this? But like 2000 people saw the last one, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, they are great. Like they've helped me a lot with meeting other business owners and the podcast has helped tremendously. Some of those groups for sure. Um, Cause it's just like networking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about kind of, I mean, I know I have experience like this from being a server. Um, you probably have tons of experience like this dealing with clients that are or customers, whatever you want to call them, that are difficult. <laughs> um, I wanted to get some tips and tricks from you for the listeners, because I think as a service-based business owner, it's inevitable that you're going to eventually run into a situation where you kind of have to navigate the uncomfortableness of it because someone's not happy or they're really demanding or they're really particular, whatever it is. Um, And I know my experience in the service industry helped me, but it still is kind of tricky. And I wondered if you had any tips. Um, so from my experience or stories or anything you want to share. Yeah. From my experience in restaurants, like one of the reasons why, like I have this value for Katie's cravings is in my experience in restaurants is a lot of restaurants don't want to modify their food. They don't want to like accommodate people that that's their recipe. They made it like, that's how it's supposed to be eaten. If you don't like it, you don't like it, get out. And that's fine. But like my catering company is based on custom, like whatever you need accommodation, like I'll help you out. So to be honest, most of my customers have been amazing. Like I haven't Mm -hmm. had in my personal experience with my catering company, they, I haven't had that except Mm -hmm. for that person who was hosting that concert who gave me a little bit of a hard time because, uh, they didn't want to pay up front. Mm. And so I made the exception and I gave them six boxes and then, 
the I wasn't receiving my payment, so I started to feel anxious. So um, at first I was like, what am I supposed to do? But then I just, I realized like, this is my money and there's a way for me to approach this person and say, hi, like, basically what I said is like, we appreciate your prompt payment. We're a small business that relies on each sale, you know? So um, like, I guess just patience with people. It ended up that she sent it to the wrong email address. Okay. So like, I guess she wanted, she did an e-transfer and she sent it to the wrong e-transfer address because my name has two eyes in Katie. So, so that's it. It wasn't like, it wasn't a nightmare for me. So I was just patient. I had to tell myself, like I sent her one email and then I had to wait because Mm -hmm. like I couldn't, I wanted to send her emails and like, just call her and be like, where's my money? Give me my money. Where's my money? What's (laughs) happening? Are you not going to pay me? Like, this was so stressful for me. Why are you doing this? But like, I just was like, hi, we appreciate the payment. And Mm -hmm. then I was, and then I was patient by the next day I was paid by it. So Mm -hmm. I think just, um, being patient, um, accommodating clients as much as you can, that like that won't that without sacrificing anything, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I believe in the customer first, like, but the customer isn't always right. I guess, in my opinion, like, you don't have to take that sale, but if you don't, you lose that sale. You have to, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I like to approach it with the perspective of, yeah, maybe the customer is not always right, but it's always your job to educate them in a way that they feel heard, understood, and so that they can go forward and be a better customer for you. Like it's always your job to make sure everything is understood and everything is laid out clearly and the expectations set so that they, you don't need to deal with those difficulties. Um, but it can be hard. And I know, especially for some people, when they start out, they just take any, every job and they're maybe way too flexible. And so then you can kind of get into hot water that way. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great approach. I actually really like that. I've in the past done kind of like, Hey, just checking in what's the ETA on the payment. Like I do need it. Um, just a friendly reminder and asking when I can expect to see it. So I don't bug you too much until that date. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do really like that approach just being like, Hey, as a small business, this is really important. I need it. So just a quick reminder. Yeah, just so you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really great. I love that. Um, Cause we all kind of have those moments or especially well, I feel like I'm in a unique position and some of the listeners probably are too as wedding photographers or any specifically wedding event. Like you're dealing with not just the one person who's hired you. You also have these other people who have expectations for you. Yeah. You know, the moms, the aunts, the sisters, the cousins, but everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that there's kind of this people pleasing level that you just kind of have to commit to at the beginning. And uh, yeah, but I've heard yeah. some crazy stories, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, do, I don't have I, like, too many myself, but <laughs> I do think like like serving helps and like mm-hmm. serving gives you this experience where you like you put on your like server face. It's yeah. not like a separate person, like you're not a different personality, but you put on your server face when you're serving your tables. When yeah. and you know, like that personality, that person that they see is not maybe not necessarily even how you feel that day or yeah. anything. So I think just that experience, like working as a server too, has helped me 
like become a better cook too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. because it's, it's a lot of cooks, like I said, in a lot of restaurants, they just don't want to accommodate. Like they don't want to. And like, if we can accommodate, if it doesn't hurt, like mm-hmm. it usually keeps the client happy. I've had mostly happy, like all my clients have been happy. I haven't had any negative feedback. I mean, mm-hmm. as a server in the past, maybe I have. And yeah. but for the most oh, part, yeah. no, like people are happy. Like I'm willing to uh, cater to what they need, pun intended, you know? <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, that's, I feel like that's my job. That's what I want to do. Like I want to yeah. make people feel, you know, I want to make, take them from like, oh, I want this to being like, oh, okay, sure. I'll make that for you. What do you yeah. need? Like, and they're like, oh, okay. Fine. Like, yeah. So I think just having that approach like that being like, sure, whatever, you know, but Mm -hmm. like you said, I've also learned that I can't say yes to everything. You know, there's a limit to being like, okay, I want this gig, but is it realistic or should I actually take this? So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's super awesome. I think that's a really core important, valuable part of being any service-based businesses. Yeah. You are there for the client. Like accommodating them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So you actually mentioned something that is in one of my questions. You mentioned feedback, getting feedback from clients. Is that a part of your post event process? And what does that look like? I mean, this is still something like, like I said, that's new to me too, because Mm -hmm all these hats, I have to do all these things. So this is another thing that I um, do behind the scenes, I guess, you know, where uh, right now I'm just reaching out individually to the client. So Mm -hmm. um, I'll just be like, hi, I hope you were happy with your order. Like either I usually reach out to them on the like platform that they reach out to me, whether through email or through Instagram. And I'll just say, oh, I hope you liked it. And I've now set myself up on Google so people can leave reviews on Google or reviews on my Facebook page. So I do ask, like I'll personally ask them, I'll just personally message them and ask them for their reviews. But sometimes like people just don't, you know, and then you ask them and they just don't, which is fair. Like I don't always leave reviews for everything that I've ever done. Right. So um, I get that. Um, I'm working on like maybe a, a an email that can go out or something, but because right now all my clients come from different platforms, it's, it's okay for me right now to reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Like that week I'm mostly working on their orders. Like I can focus on them kind of, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, that makes good sense. I mean, in the future, I hope to have like a team Mm and have like an events team and then I can have a person that communicates with the client as well after the fact or does invoicing and these types of things because those are like I don't mind communicating with the client to build what it is that they need but maybe like once the sale is done like then when somebody from an event team can help them with any questions or whatever else that they have yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. yeah goals <laughs> yeah goals like kitchen team eventually right now love it's like it. yeah like that's it <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, so I really love the phrase work hard, work smarter, not harder, because I think, well, I think if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that just being strategic about the work you do is, is, is good enough. Actually, surprise, surprise. You don't need to work 50, <laughs> 60 hours a week all the time to get mm-hmm. the job done. So how do you work smart in your business? Um, so again, it goes to lists. Again, yeah. like prioritizing sure. what needs to be done and what uh, I, I could do today, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have a 11 year old stepdaughter and uh, she's uh, shared custody. So she's here half the time. Mm-hmm. And when she's here, like we co-work. So yeah. I, I'm even like when I'm with her, I'm making sure to prioritize my day even around her to make sure yeah. like, okay, by her lunchtime, which is 1115, like, let's check one thing off. Like, let's do something today. Yeah. You know? So um, I think, yeah, just prioritizing, like I can, I can say, oh yeah, I need to clear out my email or I need to do this, but like, is that the most important thing that you need to do today? Because yeah. even if, like, in my opinion, if you did one thing a day, that yeah. was the most important thing that you had to do. Like you would be very successful. I think, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, yeah. and I, I'm trying to get there. There's some days, you know, where I'm like, instead I'm, Oh, I'll just delete photos off my phone or something, or I'll <laughs> yeah. just like do the dishes, like, or clean out like the closet or it's like, no, like stop avoiding that one thing. Just do that one thing or one yeah. to three things per day. Yeah. And like, you'll see the results because mm-hmm. when I do, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I don't, yeah. I also see it. So Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really important because I mean, it, it doesn't take much to kind of make progress in business because at the end of the day, like, what are you doing? That's going to get you the next job. What are you doing? That's going to further service your client. What are you doing? That's going to entice them to upgrade. What are you doing? That's going to make you more money. And a lot of times what we do day to day is actually not that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, It's these really random tasks that we think are necessary. So I really like that answer. I think, um, that it's easier said than done, but practice makes perfect. And yeah. most definitely, I think the pandemic for me personally has helped because there have been a number of weeks where, you know, I've worked 20 hours a week and been like, what a waste of my time. I can't believe I only worked 20 hours. I got nothing done. Yeah. But then, you know, when you look back, you have to say, okay, no, you, you did, you got yeah. things done. And had you just prioritized slightly different, you probably could have worked 15 and gotten even more important more things done. Exactly. So, you know, it's just kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. I love the to-do list and prioritizing what's. It, it also helps in my opinion, like to have somebody else, tell somebody else that you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like if you tell somebody at the beginning of the day, today, I'm going to make this menu. And then at the end of the day, you tell them that you didn't, it kind of feels crappy. So like yes. sometimes just having somebody else just to hold you accountable, to be asked you, yeah. be like, Hey, at five o'clock, can you ask me if I've done this? Just, you know, could you just ask me mm-hmm. if I've done it so that I could feel guilty or that I can, you know, realize, okay, this is important. So yeah. sometimes just having somebody else to hold you accountable, anybody even. So it's, yeah. yeah, no, I love that. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> Super helpful accountability partner. It's like, yeah. Did you clean your cat litter today? It's yeah. Like... <laughs> uh, yeah. That's good. Um, do you outsource anything? Um, right now? Not really. No. Mm-hmm. That's um, yeah. I, I'd like to, like I said, eventually for social media and I guess maybe for something for my website, like help brand it better a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know? Um, But right now it's like not something that I can afford. Like, you know, I've just started Mm -hmm. to give myself a little bit of money and I'd like to like keep that money. Yourself money. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I do understand like if where my goals are that eventually I'll need like probably a small team, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
I'm not sure, maybe like an event, small event team, right? So uh, I did, like somebody was offering to uh, write free bios for uh, your website. And um, I took up the offer because I've gone back and forth with my bio so many times that I, at this point, I don't even have like a chef bio on my website because mm-hmm. I just, I don't know what I want to put there. And I've been so stressed. So I actually got her to like, I wanted to see what she would come up with. It was the first time somebody else writing something for me. I was so anxious and nervous because this is like the most personal story ever. It feels like my bio. Yeah. And I what I just, I wasn't like. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't like happy. It made me a little bit anxious about her writing it. And she was so nice. And I do feel like she did a good job. I just, it felt weird to me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I felt like, I feel like that's a good way to test what you want to outsource and who you want to do certain things for. Because sometimes there's people in these groups that are saying, Hey, I'm looking for, um, I just want to do a photo shoot. So I'm just looking for this. And then you can see, yeah, how that person actually is and or if you want that person to do that job for you, you yeah. know, so right now I haven't like I haven't really found anybody or and I don't have the money to outsource, but I would mm-hmm. like to eventually. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. I think a lot of people are probably in that boat where they're holding off on doing things like that because of the yeah instability of income and all that stuff. For yeah, sure. it's like I would like to have a house cleaner. <laughs> but I, it's expensive and it's a little bit strange to have a stranger in your house, you know, <laughs> cleaning your thing. So I guess yeah. that's kind of how I feel right now, you know, yeah. where it's just like, it feels strange to have a stranger in my business right now. Yeah. So yeah, but I, yeah. I think eventually, yeah, I'll get there. I have to get for there. sure. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think a lot of people do eventually, but uh, this year is so it's, so different and asking these questions is funny because sometimes I forget to like factor in that it's different now but it is great to hear different people's answers because some people are outsourcing different things because of the pandemic than they would have it's just really great and I think yeah like a lot of people it seems like from this season thus far season two a lot of people aren't really outsourcing as much as they normally would so Maybe yeah. probably because they have more time or they're at yeah. they're at home more too, just yeah. in general. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're not making as much money. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know it is. It is true. Um, so what's the one thing that has leveled up your business? Um, I want to say those photo shoots, like those photo mm-hmm. collabs, like they, like I said, they leveled up the way my Instagram even just looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, leveled up the amount of followers I had, my reach, my even my offerings. Like now I'm considering offering micro weddings just because I did these photo shoots and they loved it, you know? Yeah. So um, plus networking, meeting other women through these, this giveaway, hopefully I'll get some sales from the giveaway, you know, in the, in the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that just putting myself out there and allowing myself to connect with other people has allowed me to like grow and get sales like instead of just sitting around and waiting yeah yeah Yeah. for sure well and I mean you meet people when you do shoots like that that might want you for a job or might be able to refer you to like you just you just never know I know some of the style shoots I've done have just been so cool to meet different people and yeah it just kind of keeps going around and around and coming back to serve you 
exactly it's nice it's uh, yeah like it it feels like it was a small investment for uh for it's still now to this day providing like um good things for me that's awesome yeah that's great um so I have this one question I like to call it celebrating failure um because I think there's bad connotation around the world oh excuse me, around the word fail, fail and failure. Um, but I actually think that like, we learn a lot through our hiccups, our mistrials, our mistakes, our fails, whatever you want to call it. So I like to ask the question of what's your favorite mistake you've ever made and why? Hmm. I guess. Uh, okay. So right before I, started culinary school or got into culinary school, I was working at like Dollarama as assistant (laughs) manager and I have anxiety. I have like depression. I have mental health issues. And I literally gave the keys to a part-timer and walked out. I was like assistant manager at the time. I just walked out, walked out of the job and like abandoned this one person to take over the store. And I felt like immediately regret, but I didn't go back. Like I didn't know what to do in that moment. Mm -hmm, And I felt mm -hmm. just like, I felt like I didn't know what to do. And for a long time, like a few months, I didn't work and I was kind of depressed. And Mm -hmm. like, I I felt like I didn't, couldn't even succeed at Dollarama. Like what am I doing? Right. So um, fortunately for that time is when I started really cooking at home. And that's when I kind of found my passion for food and made my way to George Brown, which you know, so through that, like that, and I mean, maybe it's a failure, maybe it's my own, I don't know how to explain, but yeah, like, it feels like I, I feel like I failed to like keep a job. Like I felt for a long time that Mm -hmm. I failed to Mm -hmm. keep Mm -hmm. jobs or like do simple jobs. And I think it was just maybe because I felt like I needed to do more. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Well, and I know that if you're not, I don't know, passionate about what you're doing, it can be really easy to feel like you're failing at it because you just don't care for it. Right. Yeah. There's no drive um, every day. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, there's like that fighting feeling every day where you see like, Oh, well, am I failing at my business or am I failing mm-hmm. at doing the things that I'm doing? But like, if I, I celebrate those small wins, I feel good too. You know, yeah. like it feels really nice to be like, okay, maybe I failed, but like I did this small thing and it feels really cool, you know? So yeah, just celebrating those small wins makes the failures or the mistakes. I Like I don't really say failure, but you know, mm-hmm. like I have made mistakes and I have made like transgressions, I guess they are yeah. in my life, but like, I don't, I don't think I failed because here I am. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like. I like to call it celebrating failures because I just think there is this weird perception around the word fail. And it's like, no, no, like one fail can lead to like the most insane, cool opportunity or true, real, authentic success later on in life. And all it takes is kind of looking back at those and reflecting with a different view. So I kind of like that question because it just kind of it's allows the opportunity to 
the guest, but also to anyone listening to just let's switch the perspective. Like maybe you fail, but like, what did it lead you to? Yeah. And what did you what, learn that from now? that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Just switch that. Like what were your struggles? Like how did you yeah. get here? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because sure. we've all had them. We've all been through stuff. So if you could because you are newer in business, because you opened your business so close to the start of the pandemic, if you could give yourself one piece of advice um, pre-pandemic starting your business, what would it be? Um, I guess just planning, like plan for the future. Don't just wait for events to come, like plan, mm-hmm. start menu planning, you know, before yeah. you launch your business or like you can launch it, but have your menus, start your recipes, do your bookkeeping, put your yeah. rec- receipts in now because a year from now you'll hate yourself. But, <laughs> but yeah, like just yeah. planning organization, keep uh, a record of everything, keep your to-do lists on your drive so that you can see all the things that you've accomplished um, mm-hmm. yeah, just like set your goals, keep your goals and stay organized, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I think QuickBooks is probably a big, big thing I would have told myself because at the beginning, I just really didn't, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing and nobody seemed to be giving me this answer, but just get QuickBooks and then figure it out from there. Yeah. Just yeah. get it. <laughs> <laughs> just sign up, even if it, you're like spending 10 bucks a month or whatever, just go get it and just have yeah. it and yeah. just do it. Because even if you do one thing a day on it, like, yeah, 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 get, yeah get it's quick. true. It's <laughs> true. And uh, yeah, that's so funny. It's true. Bookkeeping is uh, is key. <laughs> yeah. And I'm staying mean, sane during tax season at the yeah. very least. <laughs> And it like helps you understand your business more. Like it helps you yeah. understand, are you actually making money from your business? Yeah. You know, because I can say, oh, I made all these sales, but how much money did I spend? <laughs> like, yeah. So now I can actually see those things more clearly and like in a long-term way. So, but I mean, we couldn't have told ourselves how to predict COVID. So I no. mean, yeah. Like, no, it's true. Yeah. I still don't know, like, I don't know what I could have told myself other than, yeah, like, don't plan for events, plans for things, not events. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so finishing off, I just have one last question. It's not even really a question. Just do you have any finishing thoughts or advice you want to give um, or anything to finish on, really? Um, not really. I'm just thankful. <laughs> uh if you're a woman in Toronto to join that woman who freelance group, because out of all the groups that I am in, like that's where I find the most like professional uh, women and most of them entrepreneurs, obviously. And uh, it's yeah. Get on there, connect. Yeah. Come mm-hmm. find me. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah, connect with me. So yeah. And thank you, Josie, because for your time, it means a lot. Like, and yeah. I love talking about my business. Like, <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I think um, it's just great to get chatting and with different business owners and different backgrounds. And it's just cool to hear tips and advice and thoughts because it can never, ever hurt. Yeah, it for sure. only helps. Yeah. So thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. I appreciate it because I know it's not like some big hoity-toity. Appreciate it just as much as you do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening in. Remember to check us out on Instagram at What the Business Podcast. See you at the next episode.